We are talking about the auteur Fred Olin Ray's 1980 epic, The Alien Dead. Great. And what are we drinking while we discuss this movie? Oh, this is one of my favorites. Everyone, Founders Dirty Bastards Scotch Style Ale. I love this beer. It's really dark. It's a, oh, it's that beautiful kind of copper color. It's, you know, Scotch Ales, you're gonna, it's a little sweet. It's malty. A little chocolatey? Yeah, like I get a, you can get some caramel. You can get some a little milk chocolate in there. It's not that bitter dark chocolate. It's more of the milk chocolate. Absolutely phenomenal cold weather beer. I mean, you, you get this in a nice bowl of chili. You get this in a stew. It's, it's a remarkable beer. It'll it'll put hair in your chest. <laughs> it'll, it'll make you think that you can punch a hole through a mountain. And what's who, what is this on the... The label is that... That's the Dirty Bastard. That's the Dirty Bastard? Yes. Yeah, he has her, yeah. his beard and... Yeah, he looks like a Dirty Bastard. Founders is one of my favorite breweries. These guys do beautiful, beautiful work. If you're not into the whole hops thing, the IPA, this is where you want to land. If you haven't had this, you really have to have this because it's a beautiful beer. And this will be helpful in our discussion for the Alien Dad. The, 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 the Scotch Ale, because the Scots are a hearty bunch... And you, you need you need to be able to you have to be hardy in order to watch the Alien Dead several times yes. and then discuss the Alien Dead with yeah. any sort of sincerity. <laughs> and we have both watched it several times for you out there. It is clearly a B movie. Besides Buster Crab, who we'll talk about, there is no name actors in this. It's shot in Florida. Fred Olin Ray wrote a book about the new poverty row. And I think he mentioned the budget was between ten and fourteen thousand dollars. It's it shows. It shows. <laughs> the camera work is poor quality. There's a lot of unpack in this movie. I will say this: it clocks in at an like an hour and fourteen minutes, yeah. I believe. There's a lot going on. There is. And you <laughs> blink your eyes and suddenly you're going, I'm halfway through this movie, but I'm really not halfway through the story. Because there's, it's just everywhere. It's this, a hot this, mess. <laughs> you have a bottle yeah. rocket, and you take the stick off the bottle rocket, and you light it, and it just starts zipping all over the place. You don't know where it's going to go, because it doesn't have the stick to give it a trajectory. It's just everywhere. That's kind of what they did with this movie. And you just get these little vignettes all of a sudden. And one of the things I think you told me was a, he was shooting it when he could. He was working at a TV station in Florida. I think this was his second movie he made. He wanted to make movies. Big fan of horror movies. and It shows. And so I think he shot it on weekends. And he had borrowed money from his mom. And then he took out a loan using his motorcycle as collateral from the bank to equal about $14,000. And I believe he borrowed some of the TV equipment on um, the television station equipment during the weekend to shoot. I'm taking this one. I picked this movie. Yes. <laughs> I, this is the hill I chose to die upon. <laughs> Alien Dead. I take all credit, all blame. I've grown to really like it and care for some of the characters. It took a couple viewings. The brevity of it, I think, if, if this thing was like close to two hours, no way. No. But an hour and 15 minutes, he gets in, he gets out. It's that in-law that you don't really like, but they know how to get in, get out. And then it's... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's short. It's brief. It's silly. It is. It's and there are these moments that you go. This is just surreal. In the beginning, we have a man on a typewriter doing voiceover, and he's a reporter. Tom Corman. Tom. Tom <laughs> the Tom Corman. The Tom Corman. The Bradley Cooper of the late 1970s, early 1980s. Spot on. Great, great pull on that. Great catch. So he's typing about, oh, I never thought I'd see this. And we realize that he's typing this. He's there for survives whatever takes place in this movie. Then we cut to a couple who are out gator poaching, I assume. Because one thing we find out is apparently you, you're, no one's allowed to hunt gators ever. But people do it and everyone's a poacher. So there's, there's a man and a woman and they're speaking in the most formal antebellum sentences. Calling each other Mr. Griffith and Mrs. Griffith and I do declare. It's clearly voiceover. So they're in a little boat out in the swamp looking for gators. One of the things I love about this movie is everybody's looking to kill gators, but everybody knows there ain't been no gators <laughs> in these swamps for a while. For months. I'm not from gator country. No, I am not. But either. I don't believe you go gator hunting by just taking a boat and he's just got a revolver. Like a- and he just stands up and starts. He goes, there we are, Miss Griffin. And he just starts shooting randomly <laughs> with a pistol, a revolver, at, a, at gators. So his wife goes into the water and says, is that gator dead? She says it after she gets in the water, which yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. You, you wait. You're in the water. Is that gator dead? And he's like, ah, oh, science would tell us. And he goes on. Again, this very formal manner of speech about that would tell us. That it is most definitely dead. And she goes off and, Miss Griffin, Miss Griffin, something splashing yeah. off screen. It's over for her. And he's just like, whoa. Doesn't get his gun. Doesn't like try to shoot the thing that's getting his wife. He just goes, oh dear, I do declare. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. He sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Cuts to this credit scene. The 70s synth, like, yeah. boop, 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 boop. And, like what we think space sounds like. Yeah, and you're seeing planets. <laughs> moving around you have this first layer of music which is this synth music under that layer i don't know if it's a toilet or a faucet dripping where it's going i mean it pulls me out every time i do like the credits and this is his second film he's making and i'm gonna give him a watch i'm like hey man he loves horror movies he's going out to make his movie he he did it he did it he got a completed film fantastic we're watching it and we're talking about it so many years later if you just listen to this score of this entire movie and the music layered on it switches from the synth pop to (laughs) to long stretches of nothing nothing to some really bluegrass music that doesn't make sense. Some gospel music. A like, lot of odd combinations. Yes. Yeah, he had limited budget to work with. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna slam the man for yeah. that. The movie, if you watch it and you try to deconstruct it, it looks like there's two movies. At first you think the focus might be on mutated large animals that are killing people. There's a lot of references to that. We we go from the couple in the swamp, Gator Poaching. And then we go to, we're at the newspaper. We're at the newspaper, but the doctor, Ellerby, (laughs) he's at the newspaper. He's the newspaper guy. The game warden comes in. Says, oh, you guys dropped the story. I got this big bass. 
which is our first tell about giant mutated animals. Yes. Because he's like, here's a picture. And they're like, that ain't no bass. It's an 18 pound bass. I've, I've done some fish in my life. An 18 pound bass is ridiculous. And they go, hey, that can't be. And he's like, here's a yeah. picture. And they go, well, the striations on that, that's a baby, baby bass. And they said, hey, Mr. Game Warden, yeah, you should get a ticket because you can't catch baby bass. And he's like, that ain't no baby bass. That's 18 pounds. The female reporter basically says, I misfiled your photos, so we we weren't able to get it into our most recent issue. And then the other reporter says, oh, maybe this is a monster that everyone's talking about. So there's a lot of clues, breadcrumbs being thrown out in his book. He points out that he didn't think he had enough money to do a, a, a large mutation animal movie, so he's going to focus on zombies. Although there's breadcrumbs throughout the movie about there's large giant, animals. Giant possum. Giant possums, which we'll get to. That's not what eventually becomes the, the main monster that we're facing. And there's the sheriff. Kowalski, played by Bust, Buster Crab. Buster Crab. Cool name. And he was a major serial actor. He played... Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers, and Tarzan. And he swam for the U.S. Olympic team and won the gold medal in the 400-meter freestyle in 1932. At this point in time in his career, it's really the end of the career. I think this is one of the last movies that he made. He did Alien Dead, episode of BJ and Bear, and then the comeback trail, and then he passed away in Scottsdale, Arizona in 1983. In Fred Nolan Ray's book he mentions that he spent two thousand dollars paying buster crab for one day of work so every time you see buster crab remember that scene was all shot in one day but he is the main draw in terms of an actor in this movie i tried to do research michael on all the rest of the actors and actresses there's, there's nothing and there's nothing it's a black hole they should do a reunion about the alien dead because i'm curious what happened to these other other people as they're playing, for some reason, Mr. Griffin knows where the card games Yeah. So he comes bursting in with a completely different voice. And he isn't speaking in those formal tones anymore. No. He's like, oh, no, oh, no. And he's freaking out. And, of course, you know, the sheriff, the first thing he thinks is, you're coming in to confess to gator poaching. There's an obsession with, like, gator poaching <laughs> in this movie. But they're also, they're, they're all like, we got to go kill the gators. It's a very weird dynamic the sheriff just can't be bothered he just is so uninterested in doing sheriffing it everything is just a pain for him but the reporter tom corman there's a story here let's go find out and they shoot that scene entirely with griffin's ass at the center <laughs> of the scene and it really like every once in a while they shoot to the side but i'm like why like why would you shoot a scene that way with his ass like square in the camera view <laughs> Let me, let, let me just take this moment to point out, Jason is not a filmmaker, but this occurred to him, whereas exactly. it didn't occur to the person who's no. the filmmaker. And Deputy Campbell in this scene, you realize he is going to be played for the comic relief because when Griffin runs in, which I don't know what door, I mean, this is another part of shooting this movie, <laughs> what door where it causes the deputy to also like want to pull a gun and shoot at Griffin. <laughs> and the Sheriff Kowalski's like, Deputy Campbell, settle down. Campbell's going to shoot him. And, <laughs> and when you get wide shots of this room with the wood paneling on the wall and the American flag, where did he jump out of where no one saw him coming? <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. Because it, it's it's absolutely true. His first reaction is to pull his gun and exactly. point yeah. and get ready to shoot someone. It's the first victim... And you really find out these are, it's not going to be 
giant animals. It's going to be some sort of undead creature. The female reporter who's never really given a name for the first scene, she comes home. It's her car pulling up to her house. She gets out. She goes to her house. I mean, it's a long scene. It really <laughs> For goes no on. reason. It just, she heard some clamoring around her garbage post. She lets her dog out. The German Shepherd, best acting of the movie, does exactly <laughs> what a German Shepherd does. Runs out into the dark. It's going to go out and do its business. And she goes walking into the dark. And it's not a raccoon. A possum. Possotech. Possotech, yes. She is jumped by our movie creature, this zombie. Oh, and no, no. You you sent me a text. I wrote this down. <laughs> this, this is what it is. It's a zombie space meteorite vampire swamp thing virus. <laughs> what I learned from this movie is that if you're attacked or you fall, no matter what attack, you bleed from the mouth. Like, that's what happens. And that's a sign you're dead. When you bleed from the mouth, you're gone. And um. also, you pointed this out. <laughs> if you're a woman being attacked by these things... Careful of your breasts. They're going to cop a feel. They do not <laughs> adhere to the Me Too movement. They're going to grab a handful of boob. And you just need to keep playing dead. Eventually, we're going to reach a point where we have to discuss the zombie rules in this movie. I don't understand them. We'd have to first discuss, are they zombies? Because they're also vampires, because what we find out is that they suck the blood from their victims. And and at one point, they're referred to as Yankees. Yes. So a group of Yankees, which I love the idea that this place, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's podunk. And they're like, all these Yankees come down and party. I just thought, who? They lose <laughs> a bet? Nobody's coming down here, but these people came down. They were revelers. They're on a houseboat. Yeah. It got hit by a meteor. They were all thought to have died, but they didn't. So we don't know if they died. We don't know, are they zombies? Are they changed into something else? Because one thing we know is they don't move fast. Sometimes. At no point do they jog. They each sort of have their own movement. Yes. Yeah, there's no, there was no coaching up on everybody act a certain way. We each just sort of interpret our own way of being a zombie. We don't know if they can die because people shoot at them, but they all keep coming back. They suck blood, but then also they eat people. And sometimes they just want to play with the people. <laughs> like the old woman, Jimmy's wife, they hit her with a pitchfork and raise her up. And then that's it. Or the game warden Miller. They they lynch him. They kind of hang him. He's, on a, he's, like a hook or something. And yeah, that's it. It's, it's confusing. And they really? live in the water. And sometimes they come out. And they're spending a lot of time outside the water. Some are completely mutated. And I think sometimes the special effects, they did a decent job. Sometimes they look like historical zombies. You know, what you they, would see from do. George Romero's the, movie. Sometimes so. they eat the person down to basically what's left is their ribcage and their head. There's no consistency. No. We don't know what they are. Corman, the reporter, he ends up with his new shoes. I love this. This is one of my favorite parts. He had had a map. and he, If you watch that scene, he just walking. And he walks right out into the water. <laughs> like, there's no pause. Like, oh, you know what? I might want to consider. Like, I'm going to about walk out into Swampland. But he just walks out there and he gets stuck. There's a lot of single females and apparently this area of Florida who like to go swimming in swamps by themselves. I always learn, I did a little diving. You, you do the buddy system. You don't, you don't do it by yourself. I would think in gator country, <laughs> you don't go in the water. I know that. 
And I'm from the Midwest. But people are jumping in. Female, Dave, just single oh, females I'm, are constantly I'm, I'm jumping going in the water, out and, and not even <laughs> not even near a place where it's busy. And this is the introduction of Shawn Michaels. She has a very thick Daisy May <laughs> accent at this point. Tom Corman meets her. They become the, the two main characters in this, like quote unquote hero. And she says, "Hey, follow me. You can meet my pappy, who's apparently." quick with the gun shoot this he'll shoot that he'll shoot everything ends up being this just a sweetheart of a guy sadly spoiler alert, doesn't make it doesn't make it <laughs> and pappy pappy's a character he's got some one-liners what tom goes you know what do you call it now silly i don't like big words it's like kind of clever dialogue kind of sassy you see little nuggets of quality pappy's response all the time I know that. It's like Pappy is in another movie <laughs> trying to give information. Almost feels like Fred Olin Ray found a guy and said, just go react to things that Tom says, whatever you want. And so he just goes out there spewing whatever. And then the actor who's playing Tom Corman goes, I got to say something. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me because he said that German warfare created giant possums called Pasutech. Pas- <laughs> that's what the Indians call yeah, it. And he said that's loosely translated to... Large possum. <laughs> and I cracked up at that scene because... That's when I knew I picked a good one. Yes. Sean and Tom just get up and leave and Pappy just sitting there like, they clean the dishes, everything. <laughs> he makes no sense whatsoever. It's bail. Pappy I'm just lost sitting at there this with point his gun. The first time I watched him. around the gun. That's I know Pappy's going to just have a gun. But one of the things I love is they go for this walk, and Tom asks, what do you want to do? Her response is, growing up, getting out of the swamp, eating burgers. <laughs> stuff like that. Her, stuff like that. Her, her, big, her big picture, her big picture goals in life. Are getting out of the swamp and eating hamburgers. <laughs> like going to McDonald's. Getting out of the swamp and eating burgers. It's, it's just... It's like, shoot for the moon. Shoot. Aim high, man. Hey, I'm all for just simplicity of yeah. life. It's, I'm, I'm, Absolutely. And I'm, I don't, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, but that's it. And, and she's not like a teenager. No. no. She's, <laughs> no. Well, the actress played her is clearly not a teenager. Yes. I, I think they were trying to put her in that 20-year-old range. Daisy May with, you know, cute. But, and, you know, no, she has, she's, yeah, she's... she's 40. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Once again, we randomly cut to this scene for no reason. These aren't people we're going to be invested in no. in any way. It's just another instance where the no gators, we're hunting gators yeah. thing comes up. This guy goes over to the bar and he tells his, I'm going to just assume, he probably refers to her as his old lady. <laughs> You know. Listen, woman, yeah. I don't need you to tell me when I can hunt gators and when I can't. It's, it's, it's a great line. And the actor who played this pool hall player was actually the director and writer, Fred Olin Ray. So it's nice to see him in his movie in this little part. I did like describe that. it as an auteur. She bails. She's out in the mid-afternoon. We once again see the alien dead. 
lumbering through this little pasture by himself. It's just rando. He's just cruising around by himself. So she's cruising on this raised sidewalk. And this thing, this is, again, where we get into the whole zombie vibe because these things are able to plan things out. They don't just randomly bump into you and go, ah, I'm going to eat you. They see you and they go, I'm going to plot something. This thing plotted out. I'm going to creep around this sidewalk. And when she comes by, it like goes to get her. These are not the undead they, hordes that will basically are acting strictly on instinct. They have some sort of problem-solving skills. She gets taken out, and this is when I realized like, this is a one-scream town. Every female who gets taken by the alien dead, there's a set scream, and she dies, and once again, you know she dies because blood out of the mouth. When there's blood coming out of the mouth in this movie, you yeah. are officially dead. Sean and Tom, they reach the swamp, they hear a sound. They find Mrs. Griffin. Doesn't look that bad. No. For being in the swamp for at least a day. And if they sucked her blood dry, the body is taken. They have some doctor apparently looks at her. It's a is it a coroner's office or do I, they just roll that body in? I mean flip a coin. Sheriff Kowalski shows up in long, long underwear. So you're <laughs> yes. assuming it's at night? Time is hard to judge in this movie. It exists <laughs> in its own world. And yeah, because he does Buster Crab on the it's only day he's working. One day he's shooting. Many, yeah. many different yeah. you know outfit changes. And he's angry and he's crabby. He's grump. And man. he's like, he's... this is not Miss Griffin because... She has blonde hair, and Deputy Campbell says, well, it's the blood. He's like, so not a very good sheriff either because he's confused. <laughs> on, on a number of levels. Yes. This is a poorly elected that, official. It was a bright red wig. It was. That, like, I d and I don't even know why it's necessary. To, to, like the blood, and, and if you can't tell when somebody's hair is blood-soaked and when it's red, you, you just shouldn't be a sheriff. So then we go to Jimmy's wife. She's wondering where her husband Jimmy is. He's supposed to be cutting wood. She goes back in the house to grab it a comes out of nowhere. black frying pan to go and find him. And he's in the outhouse doing his business. He comes out, doesn't wash his hands. I just want to point out. There's no hand washing here, okay? I, I don't know where you get clean water. And you know the zombies are going to attack because that synth music kicks in. And he's sitting there. It really doesn't tell. He's oh. chopping his wood. <laughs> in this movie, when these things come to attack, they must have some brain power because nobody runs. Nobody runs from them. Nobody even tries to defend themselves. The man has an axe. He turns, and that actually is sort of a, a scary part. He's sitting there working, and they just sort of lumber out. And the young woman with the long hair, who I think is the one on the cover yeah. of the movie, she's really good. Yeah. Like, she's a scary, scary zombie. But then he turns, he sees them, they're a ways away, and he just sort of goes, ah! And holds the axe against his chest, and he just lets them get him. And then she comes out. She just kind of goes, ah! And, and then raises her hand like it's the police. <laughs> Why not run? They're, they're walking with a pitchfork towards and, and you. And that's what I love is they, they lead Jimmy. At this point, they've eaten him down. It's from the rib cage <laughs> down is gone. And a dog comes out of nowhere and starts... Licking him and, and eating him. It's the best piece of like special effect in the whole movie is that. 
I think it was added for comedy relief. They're laughing like, ah, he's now eating his own. I, I would love to give them that much credit. I would love to give them that much credit, but it, I think it could also be just they had, it was ketchup and a dog that somebody brought to work that day ran on. He's like, let's and, film this. And they went, we can't redo this. We're just going to leave it in. They come over slowly and stab the old lady with a pitchfork and raise her up. So they're, they have strength, yeah. more than normal strength. But that's because all they do to her. That's it. And they don't eat her. No. It's not like her husband. So in, like, you're, like I said, once again, I'm bringing it up. The <laughs> consistency on the zombie, space, meteorite, vampire, swamp thing virus was lacking. Yes. <laughs> That's your text to me. <laughs> it will live forever. Tom Corman, the reporter, and Sean go back on a boat. And once again, this is a one-boat town. Or two boat. So when I look at the boats to use in the town, I think if you look at the call numbers and the make of the boat, there's really only maybe one, maybe two boats used by everybody in this town. The sheriff always finds Tom. They find them on the river. They mention, hey, listen, we think that Miss Griffin was killed by a gator. We're going to call it a renegade gator. Renegator, a yes. Renegator. A renegade. <laughs> well, what, what cracks me up is like, no, it's just a gator. Yeah. Because, again, not from these areas, yeah. but I know you're on the menu. Yeah. It's just an alligator. Yeah, it's an alligator <laughs> doing alligator things. Once again, he gets really crabby every time Tom questions him. He's like, what do you think? It's a possum tech? It brings up this large possum thing again. Well, and he goes like, I'm going to put a bounty on them. And Tom Corman wait, says, wait, which is brilliant. Are you nuts? You have a swamp full of hicks out here <laughs> shooting at each other. And Kowalski's, his diatribe afterwards, makes no sense. He's like, better better here than in town. Like, what, what, what do you yeah. want me to do, like, son? You want me to come out of here and get beaten by, eaten by mosquitoes? And he doesn't pronounce mosquitoes correctly. Mosquitoes. Yeah. He's, like, he's like, mosquitoes. Sean and Tom are set upon by the alien dead. While they're in their boat, there's a great scene where the zombies come up out of the water after he fights them off with the oar and... He starts his motor. The female zombie in the background, clearly when you come out of the water, your hair as a alien dead still may bother you. And she does a hair yes. toss, which yes. is completely noticeable. But when you're like, only do one shot, Tom and Sean leave. And when they start their motor, they get something. It's a piece of jello. It's it's like, hey, what's this, Jason? Yeah. And I've got some nasty piece of meat in my yeah. hand. I go to hand it to you. And then the two of us just back and forth, forth. we just and fondle it forever. Blood everywhere. Just fondling this, this hunk of meat. And we're like, hey, it might be from one of those things. We should handle it more. They've got this nasty piece of meat that they've been fondling. They're like, they're like, hey, Miller, look at this thing. This is gross. Would you look at it? And honestly, the best cinematography in the whole film is Game Warden Miller looking at that piece. His eye looking into the microscope. I thought it was done very well. It's the only part of the whole movie I'm like, oh, hey, spot on. Did a good job. <laughs> Just yeah, that's a selling point. Like I was like, I was impressed. <laughs> that better be in the trailer. I'm going to have some more of the Founders Dirty Bastard Scotch Ale. <laughs> yes. So beautiful. As we're discussing. Are you enjoying it? I am. It's a sweet taste. And... I'm usually not a fan of, this, of, a, of a very sweet ale, but this is good. I don't know if it's the scotch or the fact that... Well, that's the thing. There is no scotch. Okay. It's, oh. it's a scotch ale. It's a style. Oh. And it's a very common misperception about the style. No scotch is involved. It's, it's a scotch style. It originated in Scotland. Interesting. That's so, yeah. good to know. Yeah. No scotch involved. Delicious. 
Yeah, it's I'm I'm a huge fan of this. Movie. And I think the game word says it. Maybe we should go and visit May Hawkins because she had a story about something falling from the sky and destroying a houseboat that no one believed. Tom has been following up the story about possible alien dead. They always excuse this story the whole time, like, ah, that lady is crazy. Doesn't make a lot of sense for all of a sudden he's saying, you know what? I've never made a connection, but maybe you're right. Maybe we should go and visit her. And this begins the climax of this movie is going and visiting. May, like, May Hawkins is the connection. Yes. She's one. We sort of alluded to this whole thing. We see her. We see a side of her face. She's standing at a window, looking out a window, telling the story of her and her fella. Making out, seeing something fall from the sky. Clearly a Roman candle. (laughs) (laughs) This shot a Roman candle. And the houseboat party is great. People are drinking, smoking a J. There's bluegrass music being played. Playing with balloons. (laughs) The balloons. And what I like is that they keep the Yankees, the Yankees. But the Yankees are listening to bluegrass music. Why isn't there some urban music? In 1980, why aren't they listening to some new wave? music. In fact, they're listening to American Bluegrass Express, which you can find on YouTube. I think they made three or four albums. I mean, I like bluegrass. They're drinking cans of beer with pull tabs and they're passing joints yeah. and they're having a good time. <laughs> then this meteor comes out of nowhere, blows them up. May Hawkins and her fella go, hey, we should go check that out. Not even thinking. He goes right into the water and he comes out and he's terribly disfigured. Oh, absolutely. We flash back to now when everyone's listening to her story and then she turns from the window and we and she says it, it, it's getting worse yeah. so she must have got burned there must be some radiation that's what i'm getting yeah. from the whole thing is there some sort of like radiation coming from that meteor and so the side of her face is like horribly disfigured and everyone's response is well i guess we got to go now <laughs> Now that we saw your face, we need to leave. We're leaving. We're a couple. They're driving. They're listening to Paul Jones and Sugar Lee, some gospel music. Something happens. It's, it's running fine. Then it's not, Then yeah. they just stop on the side of the road. Side road. They're going to fix it. He's looking at stuff. This is my issue sometimes with movies. Since it's a visual medium, you forget your other ways of taking information. They don't hear all these alien dead coming out of the brush of the swamp. Until they're upon them. But before that, he tries to wave down a red truck with a camper. And I don't know if you realize that, but that's the car that basically the Gaylord Miller, Miller, Miller and Tom and Sean are in. Yes. Who are so interested in helping people. <laughs> they don't want to help these people. So, or nor do they see the people coming up from the no, we can't be bothered with we you. We got to the Hawkins house. Yeah, you, you, you're on your own. But yeah, they're just kind of standing there. Nothing else is really going on. And meanwhile, these all these alien dead. Alien dead. They're alien dead. They take the male figure. She makes a decision. Should I stay on the road, which is clear, there might be traffic, or should I run into the swamp where the zombies came from? Always run into the swamp. Of course, this is a one-screen town. So her scream when she's taken... Same thing. ...is the same... She does stab stab one of the zombies with a hair pick, and she gets away for a while. But eventually she's overcome. And one zombie's caressing her clavicle. Not exactly copping a feel, but clearly... Getting cre- there. Yeah, getting, getting, getting there. Getting there. pervy <laughs> enough. And she bleeds out her mouth, so then you realize, oh, she's dead. And then it goes to that narration where they're driving the car. We should try to figure out a plan... 
And Tom's plan is we should just forget this all and go to Georgia. Which nobody said ever. I don't think no. anybody's like, our big plan is we need to escape go to Georgia. Georgia. <laughs> that's not, that's. And that's, Sean says, maybe we should go back to our place. And they say it's a mile up the road. But if you watch that road, once again, <laughs> this has no. to do with cinematography. The road changes from dirt to pavement to dirt again to like sand. It's hard to keep track of where they're driving where if their house is only a mile up the road. Tom said, if I remember correctly, it's just like a mile or so yeah. up the road. Nobody says that. No I either know where you live or I don't. And then, once again, they start mixing up the plot again because George, the game warden Miller says, hey, you know what? This may, if, if it's turning these people into zombies, this may have a possible mutant genetic effect on animals. And it goes back to the large animal, like the original plot, possibly, of this movie. I really wish they could. Would have <laughs> yeah. at least attempted a large possum. I would have loved to have seen how that went. And then they're like, there's Doc's car! And it's a really bad cutaway because there's like, flaming car and zombies eating people and i'm not sure if it's doc or not okay but they stop the car and without looking out the surroundings they just jump out and there's zombies there well alien dead are there the alien dead they get miller like, ah, yeah. and he just fails on yeah. every level they get pappy and they bail and basically it's now tom and sean and doc miller i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah game warden miller. miller and miller has this great idea suddenly where he goes I'm going to sacrifice myself, yeah. kind of. He goes, oh, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to throw this at him. <laughs> and, and you guys can get away. <laughs> and he runs out. And I just, I love it. Because his, his whole plan yeah. is, I'm going to light this. He sticks a rag. It's a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> it's a lame, lame Molotov cocktail. And he lights it and he throws it. And it just makes a boom. And the alien dead just kind of go, ah. There's no response. It doesn't hurt and any of the just, alien dead. Then, then they just eat him. Well, they don't eat him. They put them up on oh, like a hook. Depending on where they're at with their day, like yeah. they sort of lynch him. They kind of he's hanging. Yeah, he's, he screams. They grab him. Blood and, out of the mouth. So yeah, you know, he's dead. He's dead. This is the end of the movie. They get out to this boat. I think that boat's been used by everybody <laughs> in the town. It's like the town bicycle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Both of them have realized that the zombies live in the swamp. So why would you try to go back into a boat? And of course, they're attacked. They fend them off with oars. And then all of a sudden, Tom and Sean look like they're exhausted. And they just everything, lay down. Everything caught up. It's been a bad day. Started with a poker game with the sheriff. By this time, we've fought off alien dead hordes. A lot of people we know in town are dead. We're just going to lay in this boat. Push us down. River. I just got nothing left. And then once again, Kowalski, who likes to find them on the riverbed, shows up. Kowalski looks at Campbell and said, Dreamers and fools. Last line of the movie. <laughs> and then you see... Uh, one of the alien dead rise from the swamp, which I think is a really actually well shot scene. And then it goes immediately to this happy go lucky bluegrass music. <laughs> it, it's completely unhinged. It, yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. The whole thing. Nothing K is Kowalski accomplished. <laughs> shows up and just heckles him for being a newspaper guy. Yeah. And just yelling at him and being like, ah, ha, ha, we, you know, you're wrong, I'm right. Nothing accomplished whatsoever in this movie. It's like, this is going to continue. Look for Alien Dead 2. Would you recommend this B-movie? <laughs> it should be a yes or no question. Yeah, it's like, yeah. But it, if you are somebody who listens to this podcast, this should be under your belt at some point. What I would say is, it's an hour and 14 minutes. 
<laughs> and that's not that long. That's something you could do during a workout. It's not a good movie. It's entertaining. Yes. I mean, we've had some laughs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we have had some laughs. We've, Cheers. And, and I'm, I'm sure... This is our second bottle of Founders Dirty Bastards the scotch. Dirt, the Dirty Bastard is, you know... I feel like a dirty bastard because I did pick this. <laughs> I picked this movie that maybe we're having fun because when you record multiple <laughs> podcasts yeah. in a day... For beer and B-movies, it can get a little more fun. Would you recommend this? I have watched this. <laughs> it's hour and 14 minutes. So on my commute, I could download it to my phone, and I've watched it several times. I've actually grown to really like some of the characters. The first time, I would say it's a difficult movie to watch. If you're not a zombie fan trying to fill out your card of all the zombie movies made in the 70s to the 80s, it would be hard to watch. That being said, this was his second movie. Fred Olin Ray is clearly a fan of genre movies, and he's made a lot after this. If you were a student out there, or someone who wanted to be a filmmaker, and you wanted to see someone's first or second attempt at making a movie at a, a minimal budget, I would say, hey, take a shot at this movie and see what this person did. It doesn't make a lot of sense. We're laughing at it, but like I have to say, kudos to the guy. Like he he got this movie made, and it was distributed, and it was on a VHS tape at one point in time. And now you can watch. Like I believe there was an anniversary edition made. It's on. It's on Amazon. It's on Amazon it's Prime. A, yeah, you can watch this, this on Amazon Prime. My wife would never watch this movie. It's not a quality movie, but it shows like someone's progression in their filmmaking career. And uh, like it's a, it's a, at the end, like Sean and Tom, I kind of like their characters. I mean, and, that's a good way of putting it. This is not the most quality. And you could just sort of take all the scenes, roll them like dice and go, this is going to work. It's going to be the same movie pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> However, it's entertaining. If you're listening to this podcast, yeah, I think you should go out and check this movie out because it's, it's ridiculous it's fun, and that's what we do. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Beer and Be Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.